Shagulola Salami. It's the Shagulola Salami show. It's a podcast show set in a virtual cafe. Um, and I hope you get something new or you learn something new today or you get inspired or motivated by, you know, the conversations that I'm going to be having with whoever comes into the virtual cafe because it is a virtual cafe and anybody can just pop up at any time. Um, the last couple of days I think in last week I also said this you know that I hadn't been doing much cooking or baking so um, t- yesterday I actually improved I actually outdid myself right I used to try one um, cookie recipe which I thought it was good and my daughter liked it but personally I wasn't really impressed with myself but I'm a believer in the more you do something the better you get at it So yesterday I decided I was going to try a different recipe. And a few months ago, I got myself a little, it's a very tiny um, mixer. Um, And literally, right, the cake, no, sorry, the biscuit that I made. Oh my good Lord. I am not a biscuit person, you know, but oh my good Lord, right? Even I couldn't stop going into the cookie jar, right? Like how the, when I was, when I was taking it, I kept remembering that nursery rhyme. Who stole the, uh, no, no, yeah. I can't even, I was going to say chicken. Who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? And I was like, yes, mommy's stealing the cookies from the cookie jar. But yes, I actually outdid myself. It was really nice, even though I say so myself, right? But then isn't that what, what, what one of those UK chefs does? Uh, what was his name now? Jamie Oliver, right? He always goes, oh, they're so delicious, even though we're just looking at him. So I think I've given myself the right to say my cookies are quite delicious. Yes. But anywho, it's a virtual cafe. So let's see who's here with me today. Who have I got here today? Hi, Sexilola. It's Jana. Hello, Jana. Um, I'm so, hi. Lovely to speak to you. I'm so happy to be on your show today. Um, I'm the author and self-publisher of many books any books, including Secrets of Manifestation, which I just updated for the new year, uh, Book Marketing Genius, which is my newest ebook, and Write Your Book in Two Days. And I've just started launching my new Violet Flame Healing audio series. It's something I've been working on for a very, very long time. Um, it's just taken a lot longer than I expected because I'm used to being able to write a book in about a day. But when you do audios, um, it takes a lot longer because I have to upload them. I have to have the right image to put with them. It's much more complicated than I was expecting. But I'm so pleased I've managed to do this because I started working on healing audios three years ago. Now, yeah, about three years ago. Um, I'm a cancer survivor. I had been through cancer treatment. And I just thought, look, I've learned so much from going through cancer and cancer treatment. And I want to help others, um, not just people going through cancer, but anyone who's got any healing that need, they need to do, be it physical, mental, or emotional healing. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. And I, it's like I, I got sort of stuck in my head when I, you know, heard, you know, the bit about cancer. So I'm just sending you lots of um, virtual, virtual hugs. I mean, did you say it's all in remission now? Is that all completely cleared? Um, I was told I was cancer-free at the end of 2015. So oh. there's always a slight fear in, my, in the back of my mind that it's going to come back, but it's certainly not showing any signs of coming back. And I'll tell you something, surviving cancer is amazing because when you realize that you beat cancer, it means you can beat anything. 
It's such a scary disease. But like I said, the violet flame healing audios are not just for healing cancer. It can, it helps you, it works with your body's own natural healing process. So if you need physical healing or mental healing or emotional healing, then this, uh, this, this is the first one I've launched. The Violet Flame Healing Audio can help you. Oh, fabulous. That's, that's good to, that's good to hear. Well, it is a virtual cafe. And like I said earlier on, you know, I have got some nice homemade cookies, which I really did enjoy stealing some myself. So, you know, what would you like to go with your homemade cookies? Yeah, I, I was going to say that you're making those cookies sound delicious. I definitely want to try a couple. And I would like a nice hot chocolate as long as if, if it's possible to get a sugar free one, that would be great. Yeah, but okay, so there's this something, so I'm quite particular about um, things that I eat and things that I offer my daughter, you making sure that they've got no unnecessary ingredients, right? And I feel that a lot of manufacturers, they're very dodgy, right? Like seriously dodgy, because yeah. they would say, oh, we give yeah. you, um, like if you ever look through the ingredients list, they'll be like, oh yes, this is instant mm. hot chocolate. And then I'm going through and I'm looking at the, you know, percentage of cocoa powder that's in there and it's like 15 percent mm. and it's like 20 percent i'm like what so you're telling me right that in this whole bottle there's only 15 percent so if it's a 100 so for every 100 gram of hot chocolate powder there's only 15 grams of cocoa powder in there right which is really shocking. dodgy um it so, is shocking yeah yeah like the other day i was going to buy some coconut oil spray right I looked through the ingredients mm -hmm. list and I should have done that when I was at a supermarket, but I got home and I looked through the ingredient list and it only had 15% coconut oil in it. I'm like, how is this coconut oil if it only has 15% coconut oil in it? Anyway, so the point I was trying to make, right, is that I find that manufacturers mm. are very dodgy. So the thing that I do is, and it's a, my daughter, when I bought new cocoa um, hot quote-unquote hot chocolate that wasn't that one my mm. daughter noticed it mm. and she asked why didn't I buy our regular one so I get 100 percent wow. cocoa powder right mm. so I know that literally in there is 100 percent cocoa powder but it's bitter right so I have to mix right. it with an equal measure of sugar to then give it a bit of flavor you know so that it's not bitter because I couldn't you know so but then I know that it's 100 percent cocoa powder and I mix it with sugar um whereas the things you buy yeah. from the store you know they only contain 15 percent and 85 percent of nonsense um so i've yes, got that option for you to have today you can have my 100 percent oh. cocoa powder which is bitter or you can have that i've mixed with sugar that is slightly sweeter but is not the same as what you would find in the supermarket yeah well i always trouble with my artificial sweeteners and as we know, cancer cells love sugar. I also love sugar. Sugar is very, very um, addictive. But what I do is I carry my little, um, my little pellets of artificial sweetener with me. So that reduces my, um, my sugar intake to a certain extent, especially because I'm going to be enjoying your delicious cookies. <laughs> is it okay if we're going to have a, a sugar-free hot chocolate? Is that okay? 
Yes, that is more than perfect. You know, I always like to think of my virtue cafe as a very futuristic one. So you can get anything mm-hmm. you can imagine. But I just wanted to be clear just to make sure that you're going to be getting the good stuff and not the one that's only 15% cocoa and 85% nonsense in it. <laughs> it's great because even if you go to a hospital cafe, you can't get sugar-free hot chocolate. You have to get the pre-made one and it always has loads of sugar in it. But anyway, don't get me started on that because I could talk about that all day. (laughs) But it's just literally because of the way it's been manufactured or the way it's been bottled or whatever the process is. You know, cocoa powder is very bitter. So they have to put all these extras in it to make it more palatable. That's right. You know, but you see, but say you, say you, Lola, um, they know that sugar is addictive, right? They know that sugar is addictive. A few months ago, I was stocking up on canned soup, and I and I looked at the label, and it has sugar in it. There is no need. It's a it's a major label, tomato soup, which is one of their most popular soup. There's no need to put sugar in tomato soup. <laughs> There's no need for that. But that's just funny, right? <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's also what they're actually doing because they know that sugar is, is um, addictive. They may have other reasons too, but they know the sugar is addictive. Right. Well, true. But then there's something funny, right? And I will say this and we will move on, right? <laughs> Before we okay. get pitchforks after us, right? The other day I was watching... You know, I like watching cooking programs, right? For instance, like I'm boring like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I especially like watching barbecues. And in America, you guys do a lot of barbecues, right? So I, I, I used to yeah. watch it and I don't do so very often anymore. And then, so I was going mm-hmm. there and it's like, you know, these massive barbecues and you're doing like a barbecue competition. Um, and so it's like you have mm-hmm. these slabs and slabs of different types of meat. And then you, well, the chefs yes. or the people, they then make a sugar solution and inject it into the meat. And I'm like, what? Oh, you're kidding. You are kidding. Oh, I, come on. I kid you not. Seriously, right? I'm like, what does sugar have to do with meat? Mm-hmm. And that's a good question. And there's other questions as well I can think of, right? <laughs> but we, we have to be so careful these days. Yes, you know, so I always try to read all the ingredients. But yes, you know, you're, you know, you're doing, you know, you're doing well, you know, you're taking control of your health, you know, which is a really good thing. Mm, um, and touch wood, you. you will continue to be in remission. I, I am sending good vibes down, um, down my computer to you. But tell me about Thank your books. You. So yes, how many books have you written, did you say? Oh, you know what? I stopped counting. I'll be totally honest. I don't really pay attention to how many I've written, but it's probably more than 20 now. Wow. Yeah, probably. And the books that I write are to help you and help all your listeners to achieve their goals, to make positive changes in their lives. So my books tend to be very, very practical. And with the e-books, I like to keep them short. So like I said, I just updated Secrets of Manifestation. I like to go to look at my e-books from time to time and update them if, if I feel like they need updating. And as it's sort of the beginning of the year, this is the time when a lot of people are thinking about making positive changes. So yeah. I've just recently updated one of my ebooks, Secrets of Manifestation. Okay. And um, you can make positive changes in your life at any point in the year. It doesn't have to be at New Year's, but as it's New Year's, a lot of people's thoughts are turning to making positive changes. 
So that's why, as I said, I had a look at my ebook. I updated it slightly. I do that from time to time. Okay. Cool. And so what else do you do? Okay, actually, and before I even go, what else do you do? Right. So you've got over mm-hmm. 20 books. When did you start writing? Well, I started writing when I was nine. And that was more than 50 years ago now. Yeah. So okay. I've, been writing, <laughs> so I've been writing pretty steadily for, you know, more than 50 years now. Um, and in terms of um, being a published author, I think I first started being a published author in the 80s. I had a few short stories put in anthologies, and I produced my own anthology, um, which was an anthology about black women living in Britain. Sorry um, for that called, again? It's an anthology. It's called Sojourn. Okay. And um, it's about black women, black women living in Britain. So that was published in the 80s. Um, now I self-publish. After having that experience of being published by a major publisher, mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to do it myself. Yeah. So that's why I'm now building my publishing empire. Fabulous. Well done. And, you know, so well, you, you've got probably, what, 30 years plus um, under, under your belt. So what has it been like, you know, where, from when you started to today? Well, it was hard when I first started. Um, I was obviously much younger then because we're talking more than 30 years ago. So I didn't have the, the same level of confidence. I probably have more confidence now. I had a vision, but I found it difficult to stick to that vision. But being a self-publisher makes me a lot more confident. It makes me more aware of my skills. It's not always easy. It's not always easy. Like if I'm compiling an anthology, I'm working on one at the moment called Black Health, getting people to send in their contributions is challenging. Finding writers is challenging. And because I live in Britain, I mean, I think it's very, very different now. But when I was producing Sojourn 50, I'm sorry, 30 something, about 32 years ago when it came out, it was really difficult because a lot of black women in Britain, there weren't very many of us who were writing in those days. And then we yeah. found out about black writers in the States, like Alice Walker and Tony Morrison and Tony K. Bambara, who was really privileged to meet. Um, and some people thought, oh, well, they're American, therefore that's why they got published, which I thought was silly because we're all black women. It doesn't matter where we live in the world. We're facing some of the same challenges and difficulties and issues. So I don't think this is something about particularly one country, but I was publishing a book about Britain because I live here. And it was just interesting, the reaction. I think if I were going to publish that book now, I'd have a very different reaction because people, you know, other writers are also more confident and they say, yes, I can produce a short story or, you know, whatever kind of material they want to produce. I feel like a donkey right now. I've got a donkey's head. Mm. I'm right? sure you're not a donkey, really. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure you I'm sure not, don't really look like a donkey. I'm sure you don't. No, I, mean, I you're feel not. like a donkey. Big difference. Yeah. I feel like a donkey right now because okay. when you started, right, you were, your audio was not very clear, so I couldn't hear your accent. Um, oh, I see. Right. So whereas now, as you've started speaking more, your audio has gotten a little bit clearer, and okay. so now I'm picking out your accent, and then I'm hearing you go, "I live in Britain," and I'm feeling like a donkey because I assumed <laughs> that you lived in America because oh, most people okay. who come to my virtual cafe are in America, right? <laughs> and because the audio wasn't clear, I don't want to go. I can't really hear you properly, right? Um, so I feel like a donkey right now. 
Well, I think we've established you're not a donkey, and also I live in Britain. <laughs> I did. So I'm going right. Oh yeah, but you know how you guys, you know, you like to do your barbecue, and you know, and I'm like that is totally irrelevant to you. Well, no, because I'm from there. I grew, I was born there, and I grew up there. So yeah, that that is still my culture. But I live here now. I've okay. lived here for most of my life, actually. Okay, right. Okay, that makes me feel better. <laughs> Because most of the time, you know, when people say they want to come on the show, I don't normally sort of ask, oh, whereabouts in the world do you live? Because I'm not, it's not restricted to where you are. You know, it's a virtual cafe. Anyone can come in at any time, right? So I don't routinely, yeah, so, okay. So it's only temporary feeling like a donkey. I am, you know, you live in, you're, or, you're originally from America, so that makes me feel so much better now. Yeah, I am, yeah. Okay, no, cool. It's an easy mistake to make, probably. And I'm sorry the audio wasn't clear enough for you, but it's clearer now, yeah? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Okay, but yes, um, do continue, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you. So are you asking me to continue? Were you going to ask me another question? Yes, yes, yes. No, do continue with what you were saying. I, I just like when you just said that. Well, when I was listening to your voice come out a bit more and I was hearing you go, I live in Britain now. I was mm-hmm. just, I literally just, my brain cells just stopped listening. It was like, <laughs> what did I do? What did I do now? <laughs> I said. Okay, well, I could tell you a bit more about Violet Flame Human Audio. What about that? Because this is my new venture now. What's your new venture? Doing the Violet Flame Healing Audios. Okay. Is Is that like an audio drama or an audio book? No, these are um, guided guided meditations. Okay. So like I said, they take a lot longer than writing a book. Because I can write a book usually in about a day i just sit down and the words just come out i'm talking about non-fiction fiction okay. is a completely different experience for me but non-fiction i just sit, i might be sitting down to write a blog post and 24 hours later i've got a book so that's kind of how my mind works um but with the audios i wrote the scripts i was i took a long time tweaking them and tweaking them to get them to how i wanted so at the moment like i said i put the first one online which is violet flame healing audio um, violet flame is a very ancient method of healing and it's, it's a healing energy so in the audio i talk about how to connect with your higher self and once you're connected with your higher self you can do anything you're unlimited you have unlimited power so as i was saying my books are about helping you helping any listener out there helping all of my readers to achieve what they want achieve their goals and the Violet Flame Healing Audios are about the same thing. The okay. first thing we have to do if we want to achieve our goals is we need to clean up the negative things that are holding us back. So we might think someone or something is holding us back. But actually, we also always have an inner block. We always have an inner block as well, as well as the outer blocks. So we can... Um, we can blame the government, we can blame the politicians, we can blame all sorts of people for our problems, but we actually need to clean up our own negativity and then the outer um, obstacles we can overcome. So the okay. next one I'm going to bring out is going to be overcoming obstacles. No, sorry, eliminating obstacles. And then there's one called finding answers. 
So say for example, you are setting up a business or you're running a business. You know, we're hearing a lot of problems these days on the high street. A lot of, a lot of retailers are going to the wall, which I find very worrying. Yeah. Um, yeah, you as well. A lot of us, I mean, as much as I love online shopping, I go to the high street pretty much every day. Um, and to see, you know, shops being boarded up, it really breaks my heart. So if you have questions like how do I, how do I um, attract more customers? How can I build my customer base? Things like that. Well, any kind of questions. You might have questions to do with um, your family, improving your relationships, all different kinds of things. Your higher self can help you find the answers that you need. So those are the next two that I'm bringing out. Uh, um, eliminating obstacles and um, finding answers. Okay, cool. And will you be self-publishing them or will you be going with, um, you know, a normal um, traditional um, publisher? Well, these are audio, so I'm recording them myself. Okay, and where and will you publish them? them? How do you... So there, uh, there's, um, there, that's okay. I have got uh, I have got a website called Violet Flame Audios. Um, no, sorry, Violet Flame Healing. So you can Google Violet Flame Healing. But I also have a Weebly site that has links to a lot of my ebooks and also my Violet Flame Healing audios. And it's, it's called The Key to Everything. So the Key to Everything. Weebly.com. And then if you click on about the author, you'll see a lot of my ebooks listed there. And also a link to the Violet Flame audience. And you can get a lot more information about the Violet Flame. Right. Okay. So what I'm just interested though, are they only just, um, you know, these audios, are they just on your website or are they um, available, you know, on other outlets? Well, I mean, my website links to CD Baby, and so that's where you can purchase them. Once you put something on CD Baby, then you usually can find it on Amazon, you can find it on iTunes, and probably lots of other sites as well. But okay. the link is on my website. So you go on my website, everything is there that you need. Okay. Okay. That's fabulous. Um, so, you know, in your, you know, in these, you know, journey of, of yours, you know, that spanned over 30 years mm -hmm. from when you first, you know, wrote your, um, you know, your first book, um, you know, in the 80s, mm -hmm. um, you know, and compared to every single thing that you've learned, um, you know, so far, you know, what five piece, because we're coming to that time of the day where I have to kick you out because I like kicking everybody out of my pod, out of the virtual yeah, cafe because I've got to go pick up the little girl from nursery. Um, so what five things oh. have you learned that, you know, you would like to share with everyone? Okay, well, let's see. When you become a self-publisher, um, you are responsible for everything. You are responsible for the editing marketing all aspects of publishing but it also means you have enormous freedom and enormous um power because i was published by a major publisher and i decided i didn't want to do that again i might do it at some point um but i'm much better at reaching my readers than a major publisher was certainly in the 80s um the material that you need to focus on i mean i write non-fiction so what i focus on is how can i help my readers and that, yeah, that's what you need to focus on when you are publishing nonfiction. 
Um, there's lots of different um, outlets where you can self-publish, including Create Space, which is um, an Amazon platform. And then they also have Kindle Direct Publications, which again is a free platform. Both of those are free to publish your books. And there's, there's loads of platforms. Um, and there's also um, what's called print on demand, which is what I use, which means that you can do it on a shoestring budget. You produce the book you want to produce, you upload it, then it's down to you to market it. But um, you can do it at the fraction of the cost of what it used to cost, because you used to have to buy like 100 copies of your book or 1,000 copies of your book or something. You don't have to do that anymore. You can just print one book if you want to, one copy. Um, and one of my books, as I mentioned, I think is called Book Marketing Genius, which is a free ebook. And I talk in that ebook about how to build your street team. Your street team is a group of people who are fans of your book. So while you're writing the book, they can actually help you. And I give you more details about this in the book. It's called Book Marketing Genius. After you finish the book, they can also help you. They can help you promote your work. They can write reviews for you. They can do lots of different things. And the book also contains interviews with two book marketing geniuses. John Creamer, author of A Thousand and One Ways to Market Your Book, and Alinka, author of How I Sold 80,000 Books. So if you go to that, um, that website that I mentioned, the key to everything.weebly.com and then you click on the tab that says about the author it ha it links quite a few of my it, sorry it lists quite a few of my ebooks including book marketing genius so you can okay. have you know have a look at that okay fabulous well it's been an absolute pleasure um having you on the show um are you on twitter yes i am if you if you type in z h a n a Two one Jana twenty one. That's me. Okay, and is that the same? Do you have the same name on a Facebook page, or do you just do a Facebook profile? Um, I do have a Facebook profile, and I'm trying to think which name you would use. But if you just is it on Jana, your website? Would it be on your website? It probably will. Yeah, it'll probably be on at least one of them. <laughs> Okay, I'm that's fine. This a long time. I've got a lot of websites, so that's why I'm directing people to go to this one because it links to most of the other work that I do. Right. Okay, that's perfect. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you um, on the show, and I hope the listeners too have enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> and forgive me for my little boo boo where I was going in America, even though you are actually from America. No, I forgot about it already. It's been absolutely delightful. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's my pleasure. I like chatting with someone new, so it's been really lovely chatting with you. Go ahead. Well, well, everyone, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I hope to see you again next week on the Shagilola Salami Show. Bye now.